How is everybody doing this morning? Oh, it's great to be with you all. I feel like my morning has been um, quite the scramble. (laughs) You know, you you make your plans and and things, how you think things are going to go. And we had a little wrench full. It was like uh, our worship leader, Toph called and was like, uh, "This I, I'm not going to be able to make it. I just cannot get out of my bed this morning. There was some sickness that was dealing with him, and we believe that he is completely healthy and whole, and he'll be able to, we'll see him next week again back into the normal schedule. But I was kind of like, as, uh, as uh, the morning hit and Jessica sent me those messages, I was like, great. You know, it's really easy, as uh, she was just talking with, Je- with uh, Tori about how it's easy to take on the pressure. It's also like, okay, now I need to reschedule my things. And as I was getting, like, you know, a little worked up, I was like, no, this is what we do. We just flow with the Holy Ghost. We do what we have to do. I love to worship, so I'll jump right in there for him and whatever. And uh, we're going to just continue on. But, God, we just thank you that you are a good God. We just thank you. You are so good day after day after day. That is, the Bible says that every good gift comes down from you in whom there is no shadow of turning. We know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we thank you, Lord, that you are good. You were good yesterday, you are good today, and you'll be good tomorrow, every day. And so we just thank you, Father, for that. And as we came in this morning... That uh, that was just was really stirring on my heart. The goodness of God. That he wants to remind you he is good. And, and uh, I don't remember who, who used to say it. It slipped my mind at the moment. Good God, bad devil. Don't confuse the two. God is not the source of your problems. He is good and he is the source of your solution. And so if you hear nothing else that I say this morning, if what I, when I get into my message, remember that. God is good good. And whatever you face this week, he is good to walk right alongside you. Just as as David wrote in the book of Psalms, yes, even as I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear any evil because you are with me. And because he's with you, it's not like he walks with you and then leaves all of everything that he can do to help you behind. No, he's right there, and he can lead and guide you into all truth by his Holy Spirit. Jesus sent, said that the Holy Spirit will come, and he will lead and guide you into all truth. And sometimes we walk into situations where everything's screaming really loud, and you, you see everything that's going on, and he reminds you, like, no, 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 don't look at what's loud. We don't do the the squeaky wheel gets the grease. No, we listen on the inside. Holy Spirit, what should I do? Which direction should I go? What would you have me to do? And he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He says he will show you things to come. He will bring things to your remembrance. He will lead you in his paths of peace. And he will show you how to glorify the Father. He can bring glory to the Lord through everything that you go through. He can take every evil situation that you run into and turn it around for good because he is a good God. Amen. Well, you get that for free. That has nothing to do with my message this morning. If you want to turn over in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. I said to my leadership team this morning, I said, I don't plan on being long. And my wife said, every time you say that, you go just as long as normal. (laughs) The more you pull, the more I'll say. Amen. 
And in Luke chapter 5, there's a story that I want to hit, but in order to kind of give you the context of what's going on, we need to back up a few verses into Luke chapter 4, and the reason for that is the Bible was not written in chapter and verse. And so oftentimes we'll start at verse 1, but the story's already had things that are playing into what you're about to read that's already been taking place. And so back in chapter 4, verse 42, we'll start. It says, now when it was day... There we go. Now when it was day, he departed and he went into a deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. What's going on here is is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry as things are really starting to take off and the crowds are coming to him. And he's basically, he's on his own at this point. And so he, he's trying to leave. He went into a desert place, and they followed him out there. And, you know, that's not, nothing that changes as his ministry goes on. They keep following him into those desert places. And he just begins to teach and teach and teach. And finally he's like, hey, we've been out here for like three days, and they didn't bring food. What are we going to do? We'll multiply the loaves and the fishes for the 5,000 and then the 4,000. So this is the beginning of those types of experiences where people are just flocking to Jesus. And it says that they tried to keep him from leaving, but he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God in other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. And so he's been teaching these people, and they're like, don't leave, Jesus, don't go on. And he said, I've got more to do, and I've got more people that I need to talk to. And it's just like, well, I think as Christians, we got to keep that in perspective as well, is he has more people that he wants to reach for you, through you. It's very easy for us to get complacent in how things have been, but God always has more that he would like to do through you. He would like to use your gifts and your talents to reach this world. The the Bible says that you are his mouthpiece and his hands and his feet in this earth. That you are his ambassadors, his representatives to this world. And so when we get comfortable with what we've done and where we've been, God says, okay, now it's time to stretch a little more because I've got more that I would like to do through you. We don't need to get complacent. God's always got more. And so he says, I've got other cities to go to because for this purpose I've been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. And so he was going through the different synagogues. And so it introduces us with the problem that Jesus is having. He's got lots of crowds going on, and he's just one man by himself. And so what do we see now in chapter 5? We're going to see he begins to call his disciples because he needs help. Even Jesus needed help. He was the son of God, yes, and he needed help. You know, there's a good saying that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And so Jesus recognized, I can't do this myself. I need help. Why is that an important thing to focus on? It's because the world really wants you to isolate yourself. Well, I'm just going to do what's good for me. No, do what's good for the world. Do what's good for everyone around you. It says when you see people that have fallen, you who are spiritual, get around them and lift them back up. The world will cause you to withdraw. God will always lead you to engage. 
And so he was preaching in the synagogues around Galilee. And it says, so it was that as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, and he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And I, I like this little detail here, and maybe you won't care, but I do. When, when it says the lake of Gennesaret, this is an interesting commentary on who wrote this book, which was Luke. Now, Luke is not a firsthand observer. He basically was an investigative journalist, you can put it that way. As he came through the area of Jerusalem with the Apostle Paul, he began to interview all of these people who had seen things. And most importantly, we see in the book of Luke, we see a lot of information about Mary and the lineage and the background of Jesus' family because Luke sat down. And so we get interesting details from him where he says, and Mary pondered all these things in her heart. Well, how would Luke know that? He sat down and had a conversation. How did he know the family background about Elizabeth and all that? He talked to them. And he starts off the book of Luke by saying, the reason I'm writing this is because I feel like I have a perfect understanding of all the things that happened from the beginning. And so Luke has been hearing all these stories. And as he's been hearing the stories, he's been putting them in order and saying, I think we need to write this down in an orderly fashion. And so he's not a firsthand observer, but he is a very learned man who began to look into things. And so everywhere else in, in the Gospels, we hear it referred to as the Sea of Galilee. And that was what the modern Jews of that time called it. The Romans called it the Lake of Tiberias, but the historical name for it was the Lake of Gennesaret. And I like that detail because it means that Luke cared enough to dig into the details. And come on, sometimes we just have to stop looking for the easy light fluff and dig into the details. When it comes to the word, don't just approach it and be like, la, 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 la. No, dig into the details. Why did he say that? Who did he say that to? What does that mean for you? There are implications when he said that by his stripes you were healed. What does that mean for you? When he said he shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. What does that mean to you? It's not just a statement that gets said it's like, oh, that's wonderful. No, he said he would supply. I believe he will. And I have an expectation, just like Tori, you're way ahead of your fiscal year end, but it's going to just get better and better because God's not done yet, and you can dig into the details. And so I like that little notation there that Luke throws in there that he bothered to ask the questions, to do the research, and knew what was actually going on. And we need a little more Christians in this day that actually know what God said, know what he expects of them, and are willing to say, yes, Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I am yours to command. I am your son, and I'm also your servant. I will go what and do whatever you want. Dig into the details. That's just a side note. Lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out from them and were washing their nets. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, or Peter's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. Now, a few weeks ago, uh, we were reading this story in our morning devotional that I do with uh, my four sons. And they asked the question, why did he get in the boat? Well, it's really simple. It has to do with the way your voice carries. Your voice carries on the water, and he's got large crowds. He didn't have speakers and microphones like this, but he had wisdom. 
And so he knew what to do. He got in the boat, he pushed off the shore, and his voice would carry off the water so that he could reach more. He will show you how to do those things to reach more in whatever he's called you to do. And so they launch out a little bit, and he taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. We'll get into why he said that in a minute. And he said, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so... And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were the partners of Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Now on, from now on, you will catch men. Or I, he says, I'll make you fishers of men in another one of the Gospels. And so here Jesus is fulfilling the need that he had. I can't do it alone. I'm going to call Peter. I'm going to call James. I'm going to call John. I'm going to call all the other ones, the 12, down. And so he's fulfilling a need that needed to be filled by calling people to help. And it says, when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. And so there's the story. And as I read through that story this week, I got stuck on a word. As you begin to just actually look deep, the Holy Spirit will actually cause things to stand out for you. I've read this story so many times. And you've probably read lots of the Bible stories so many times. But as we approach the word with an open heart and letting the Holy Spirit lead us, you are never going to get bored reading the Bible when you actually go with an open heart. You will be able to study and read for eternity even with Jesus being present with you and he's not going to fall short on being able to show you new things that you didn't know because he knows a lot more than you. And so as I read through this story, I got stuck on a word, and it's in verse 5. It says, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And I kept thinking about that word over and over again. Nevertheless. And it's a really important word. And it's a type of word that you use very often without even realizing it probably. And you can say, Pastor Jordan, I don't think I've ever used the word nevertheless. Maybe not in that form. But you use its modern words all the time. And they are but, and, yet, or, Still, or in nevertheless, you might be able to use be it as it may, or in spite of that. We use these type of words all the time. And you know what these words are? They are conjunctions. And you can say, I didn't come here for an English lesson. You need one this morning. 
They are conjunctions. And I was thinking about this. And when I was in school, there was an older video, so maybe some older people might, might remember it as well. There was an a animated video that they would show us in school called Conjunction Junction. And it was this story. It was basically they did it conjunctions as if it was a train. They are connecting words and thoughts and phrases together. Conjunctions are connecting words. And so the w- question I want to ask you this morning is what are you connecting together? With our words and our actions, we are connecting things together all of the time. Are they the things that are supposed to be connected together? What was Peter connecting together in that moment? We'll get back to that in a second. When it comes to things that you connect together... You can connect negative situations with positive in Christ realities. There can be situations that show up in your life, and as I said, they scream really loud, and they try to demand all your attention, and you can say, no, why? Because, but the Lord. And this is what's going to happen to me. That may be so, yet this is how it will be for me. You can take negative situations that show up in your life and connect them to the word of God and watch them change. The world may say, uh, you're sick in your body. I go, ah, that's great. He sent his word and healed me. I connect a positive reality with the negative situation that is trying to demand my attention. The worst thing you could do right there is take a negative situation and begin to connect your negative words and negative thoughts with it. That just perpetuates the problems. But you can take negative situations and begin to connect them with the positive in Christ realities. You can connect positive realities with your acceptance and your affirmation. When you read through the word and you see those great and precious promises that he's made to us, you can connect yourself to it by saying, yes, that's how it is for me. I believe it and I receive it. Or you can also connect positive realities with your negative perspectives. And so we see the promise and we say, yeah, but you don't know my background. You don't know my situation. You don't know the family that I grew up in. You don't know the resources that I have at my hands. What did you do? You took a positive promise and connected it with a negative perspective. And so every day in our words and in our thoughts, we are connecting things together with what we're using, the words that we're using. Be mindful of what you're connecting together. So what did Peter connect together in this, in this story in Luke chapter 5? It says, when Jesus had stopped speaking, he said to Simon Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. This was the de- declaration of Jesus. Get out into the deep part of the lake and put down your nets for a catch. We have to be clear. That's what Jesus said. And obviously there, there's a side of it we go, yes, we should constantly, when, he, when the word says it, when he speaks it to our heart, our answer should be, yes, Lord, let's do it. But what did Peter connect to it? He said, but, 
That's a, con a conjunction. Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled or we've worked all night and we've caught nothing. And so the first thing Peter connected to the declaration of the Lord is, we already tried that. Come on, we just need to see where Peter's coming from. You have to know that this is not Peter's first experience with Jesus. In the chapter before, Jesus came to his house, and his mother-in-law was sick. And Jesus spoke to the fever, and it left. And the mother-in-law got up well and went on, and she began to cook a meal for them, is what the story says. He has already seen the wonder-working power of God in his life. Yet in this moment, he still has the choice of when am I going to connect to the next thing? Come on. Will I connect to the next thing? Will I take him at his word this time? Why do I say that? I run into Christians all the time, especially as we've been traveling this year across Canada holding different meetings. People are stuck on yesterday's miracles. They talk about how the miracles of 40 years ago were so good, and I go, yeah, they were good. What about today's miracles? What are you connecting with today? It's great that God came through for you yesterday, but he'll come through for you again today. It's great that you had this dramatic experience where he healed your body, but what about today? Or how he provided and made a way where there was no way yesterday, but what about today? Don't let yesterday's miracles stop you from living in today's miracles because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's good yesterday, he's good today, and he'll be good tomorrow. And so Peter already had an experience with the wonder-working power of God, but yet still said, we did that already. We toiled all night, and we caught nothing. But nevertheless, he's going to connect a second thought to this. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Here we find partial obedience. Where did Jesus find them at the start of the story? They were on the shore mending their nets. When you drag the nets, you catch rocks, you catch seaweed, you get filled with all kinds of junk. And they just had a night where they worked all night, they caught nothing, but here they are sitting, sewing the net rips back together, pulling the garbage out, and they had nets available to them, but Peter said, nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. The implication in the Greek that we see here is he took the net that he hadn't got to yet, the one that he hadn't mended, the one that he hadn't cleaned, and he said, I'll use this one because it's not going to impact the work I already did. He had barriers in between his obedience. I don't want to have to clean these nets again. I don't want to have to mend these nets. Jesus said, launch out into the deep. Put your nets down for a catch. Peter's saying, I'll use my broken net because I'm not expecting to get anything. That's what Peter connected. And so he was partially obedient. He did put a net out. Wasn't the good net, 
and it wasn't the nets. The prophet Isaiah said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Peter should have trusted God in this moment and said, sure, let's throw all the nets out. How many nets do we have? Let's put them all out. And it says, this is great because the mercy of God still flows. It says, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Why was their net breaking? Because it was the net they haven't mended yet. It already had holes and it wasn't adequate for the catch that the Lord wanted them to bring in in that moment. Come on, when you use the resources as he's asked you to, you'll be prepared for the catch that he has for you. But when our trust says, well, I'll go this far, but no farther, things, that's when things get lost. That's when things get broken. Come on, we are willing and obedient and we take it the full way. I'm not going to just be halfway obedient with you, God. No, whatever you ask me to do, I am willing and I'm obedient and I'm ready to do it. And it says they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat. Interesting thought. What did Jesus tell them to do? He said, launch out into the deep. He said, go way out but yet they were still close enough that they could call the other boat, which means they didn't go all the way. They didn't go even to where he asked them to go. They stayed close enough that they could call the other boat, and it came to help them. And when they came, they filled both boats, and then they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. What he said is, I was wrong. I missed the mark. That's what Peter was saying. In spite of my unbelief, you've still come through for me. Because he's a good God. But if Peter would have aligned himself fully, it would have been even a better catch. You ever wonder why the boat began to sink? They only had nets out one side of the boat. It was a net instead of nets. And so when all those fish started hitting the net, what do you think the boat did? <laughs> if they had a net on the other side, it would have been a little more balanced. And so he says, depart from me or go away from me. And that's not what Jesus wanted at all. Jesus didn't, didn't even pay attention to this where Peter's like, go, 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 go. I missed it. Man, when you miss it, go to him. Don't go from him. Get right in there and say, I didn't do it fully. Lord, I'm sorry. Next time we'll do better. Next time we'll be nevertheless at your word. I let down my nets. I launch out into the deep. And so what are you connecting together? with your words, with your thoughts, and with your actions. You know, we can look at different stories within the Bible. We see the, 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 um, the leper general go to the prophet. He's been told that there's a prophet in the land that can heal him of his leprosy, and it's in the enemy's land. And so he heads there, he bangs on the door, and the prophet doesn't even come out to see him. He sends his servant, and he says, go dip in the river. And so the man turns around and says, I didn't come this far to dip in that dirty river. There's a lot cleaner rivers where I came from. And he's got a big huff going on. And his servant says to him, 
if he asked you to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done it? Yet you won't do this simple thing. He had connected the simplicity of like, why would that work? It's a dirty river. I'm trying to get clean of leprosy. Why do I want to get in the muddy waters? Because of the waters that he told you to get in. And we see that throughout the Bible. There's times where people align themselves with the word of God and prosper and are blessed. And there's other times where they align themselves with their own unbelief. What are you connecting together with your thoughts? I think the greatest example of what, how we should connect with God comes from Jesus' own mother. The angel shows up and says, you are going to give birth to the Messiah. And she's like, how's that going to happen? I haven't known a man yet. And he tells her, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And that everything's going to happen just like he said. And he, the angel ends with this. With God, nothing will be impossible. And so the promise has been declared to Mary. How did she connect? She said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel said, she's got it. Peace out. And so I love that because I think that's the greatest example in the Bible that we can of connecting to the promise. God sent a message to her. She asked a question, and he's not afraid of your questions. He answers the question, and she says, okay, let it be done. And when you see in the word of God the promises he's had for you, go ahead and say, yep, let it be done. Yep, I agree. Yep, that's exactly how it will be for me, Lord, because I am aligning myself with you. I'm connecting myself to the promise rather than to my unbelief. I'm connecting myself to the promise rather than my experience. I'm connecting myself to the promise rather than what those around me may have experienced. Let's end this morning in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5, it says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. That's good news, right? He's saying, fine, let's go, take me. I will come. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not even worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. He had so much faith in the word of Jesus. He says, I don't even need that physical contact. I believe your word. You speak. We don't even need to waste your time any longer. If you said it, I believe it. That's how it is. He says, only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. And, that's a conjunction, that's a connecting word. I understand my position of authority that I can say to these soldiers, I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to another one, come, and he comes. I say to one, do this, and he does it. And he said, if my natural authority is that good, I understand that your heavenly anoint, uh, authority is way better, that you only have to speak, and it's going to happen. I, I, you just speak, and I'm going to connect myself to that promise. 
And when Jesus heard it, he said, oh, no, no, you've got it all wrong. Beg me, plead, twist my arm. No, he said he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I've not found such great faith. This is the first person who actually understands how it works. I said it, it's so, connect yourself to it. And so that's just as simply where I want to end today. I can't, I don't know what's going on in details in your life, but you know, what are you connecting yourself to? Are you connecting yourself to the promise, or are you connecting yourself to the pressure? The promise will always be greater than the pressure. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is true. We believe it. We say, yeah, that's how it is, Lord. We align ourselves with you. We connect to that today. Holy Spirit, we ask for these words to take root in our hearts so that when we need them this upcoming week, this month, this upcoming year, whenever this is needed, that we ask that you would just rise it to the surface and bring it to our remembrance that it would bear fruit in our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Robin, why don't you bring us in for a landing here? Combriti shikila masuti namamatando rokorito. Mi chila man si sokoborio chichi. Momborutiki bandari yamborutiti kobushike atuto. For moments in life have come upon all of you. Moments where you've had an opportunity to choose. Choose life. Choose my word. Choose my way. Choose my provision, choose my blessing, choose my consoling, my comfort, my help in your present time. And so as you have opportunity this week and you come against circumstances and you come against pressures, stop and say, this day, what will I choose? Choose me. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Your choice connects you. It's the conjunction. Amen? To either the promise or not the promise. To living in the world's reality or living in heavenly reality. Because this is the time of kingdom, the kingdom of heaven on earth. Amen? And as his, you know, as as he says, you know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's live in that heavenly realm. Amen? And connect with the words and the promises of God. Hallelujah. We, uh, we are about to give. And um, there's a couple of ways you can give. I guess we're going to get the screen up there. Oh, there it is. Wordchurch.ca forward slash give. And or there's a basket at the back. There's an envelope in the pew in the seat in front of you. And uh, we're giving you the choice to be able to give and to connect to the kingdom of God through giving. Amen? Amen. So we are prophets of our own destiny. And so let's say this, this uh, confession together as we give. This is my seed. I sow it into the kingdom of God. Seed, do what you do best. Grow. I sow you to spread the gospel. I sow you to strengthen believers. I sow you to go where I cannot. I sow you to grow, multiply, and return in great supply. Harvest, I receive you. Lack, I resist you. 
His supply is sufficient. I walk in abundance of grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, so be it. Amen, so be it. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Our Word Care team will be up here in a second. If you need minister to, you need some, want some prayer, they will be more than glad to minister to you. Amen. And other than that, we are you are all blessed. Let's have some fellowship with some coffee. Amen. <laughs>